This podcast is supported by JBS International Incorporated through a grant award from the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, with 0% finance with non-governmental sources. The contents are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement, by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. For more information, please visit hrsa.gov. Welcome into another episode of Rural Roads, the Arcor podcast, where we discuss the stories, individuals, and everything else within the Rural Communities Opioid Response Program. I'm your host, Tim Raybolt with JBS International, and in today's episode, we're talking with Lisa Martin from Missouri Highlands, a two-time Arcor grantee. Now, back in November for National Rural Health Day, some of you might remember the Power of Arcor Photo Showcase, where dozens of grantees submitted photos that captured the power of Arcor in their communities. This grantee's winning submission was a picture of one of their naloxone vending machines with the caption, if saving a life could be free and as easy as getting a bag of chips, would you do it? The photo's description, this photo captures the power of community collaboration, education, and support for residents in southeast Missouri. Making this life-saving drug available at no cost and without stigma provides support and hope to those that need it. You can check out their winning submission, other winners, and the group photo collage by visiting the Arcor TA portal and the Arcor podcast content hub. Lisa serves as the project director and was the mastermind behind this winning photo and caption. Though it was pretty clever, hundreds of grantees declared their submission the winner for a larger reason. The demand for naloxone vending machines is on the rise, and Arcor grantees are seeing the widespread benefits. This past winter, Peyton Attaway from RTI International authored an article titled Naloxone Vending Machines, Combating Opioid Overdoses Among High-Risk Populations. In that piece, she writes, to mitigate administrative barriers, vending machines have emerged as a strategy for widespread distribution of naloxone. Vending machines can be customized to provide naloxone in a secure, organized, and stigma-free manner. Additionally, they can be placed in the lobby of jails, which allows visitors and the general public to access this medication as well, expanding the distribution of naloxone in the community. Lisa Martin from Missouri Highlands saw this opportunity and led the way in Missouri to get machines secured and established. I had the chance to visit with Lisa and discuss the details of their state's first machine and ask questions submitted from grantees nationwide. Let's listen in. I took over the R-Corp implementation grant in year three in its final year for Missouri Highlands. And one of the things I noticed that was that the, one of the goals was getting Narcan to first responders. But first responders aren't right next to someone who's overdosed. You know, so it takes them a little while to get there. So, you know, I brainstormed and thought of ways like how could we get this to the public with with the, the least amount of man force possible? Mm-hmm. And I really and then that's kind of why my my little caption mentioned a bag of chips. Yeah. I was getting my kid a bag of chips one day and I thought, you know what? If we had an Arcan vending machine, I knew in some other states they did it. How easy would that be? How simple, you know, it would even take some of the stigma away from people who need Narcan. Yeah. You know, Missouri yeah. has a standing order and anyone can go in and get it, but there's cost associated and then the stigma with that too. Yeah. Well, that's where yeah. the idea came from. I, I took it to my CEO and she was like, that's wonderful. Go ahead. And so we are now, I've had two and I'm working on two more that will go oh, in, yeah, yeah, into some of the rural communities that we serve. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you go about placement selection? So I wanted 
the placement to be as easily accessible to the public as possible. And of course, one of the issues we have in all of our communities are stigma. So I approached the health department in our biggest county that at that time, from the beginning of the year until I proposed the idea, had 21 overdose deaths. So within a matter of, I'd say, five months, they've had 21 overdose deaths. Yeah. So I proposed the idea to the health department. They loved it. And it just went from there. It was a really easy process. Everyone was on board. There was a little community back in concern. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. Yeah, that just provided the opportunity to educate them. And, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to community leaders and answering their questions. And it's worked well since the first machine has gone in until now in that same county, we've had two overdose deaths. Have you had any experience putting anything else kind of under the harm reduction umbrella in the machines? Or are you thinking about that or just... So we have initiated putting the at-home HIV screening tests in those machines. So we are in the methadone clinic. We have our second machine in Butler County. We're actually refabricating that right now to accommodate those HIV test kits, as well as hygiene and condoms and safe sex kits and things like that we're working on with the health department. Yeah. For a grantee that wants to, you know, is bought in the idea, wants to get started, where would you suggest they go for the next steps to move towards actually having a a vending machine in place? I think just having the initial discussion, I think health departments are a great place. I know in some other states and other cities, they have them in like the sheriff's department or the police station. Because everyone knows that chances are higher of someone overdosing after they get out of jail than they are any other day that they may be in chaotic use. So having that discussion with those community members and just seeing what fits best for that community. Because in some communities, you know, if the sheriff's department may be looked down on, it may be a source of, they may, Lisa may be afraid to go into the sheriff's department if she has warrants, but maybe not so much to go into the health department. Yeah. So, yeah, just gauging that public interest, talking to health departments and community leaders to see where it would best suit the needs of the public and public access. Yeah. Yep. And it kind of ties into the the next question. You talked about a little bit, but a grantee asked about securing community buy in. So, like you mentioned, I'm sure like conversations, education, anything else that you think helps kind of. Yeah, we had. We organized a large meeting, you know, and invited the community to come in, address some of their concerns and maybe some of their issues to to increase their comfort level with that. And again, just making sure that education was there for anyone who needed it. Did you secure any any kind of data? So I do have the two machines that we have. I have the health department and the methadone clinic tracking how many units. We wanted to take the stigma away so anyone could come in, get a voucher, it's like getting yeah. a bag of chips. We don't ask their age, race, any of that. So we track it by units. We're averaging about 10 units a week going out into the community still, which is pretty strong considering we started out at just a little over that. So an average of 10 vents. And then the numbers of confirmed opiate overdose deaths that we have had in Butler County have gone down. Yeah. So those are those are so sort of data. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. And then, of course, folks asking about costs. Is it as simple as one-time cost for vending machine and then the continuing cost of what you're putting in there? Or is there... So the, there is the one-time cost for the machine. And then associated with that, of course, is the cost of filling it with the Narcan or whatever other harm reduction materials we put in there. So I've worked with the health department and the methadone clinic on other funding streams for that Narcan when grant funding runs out and so that they, they can sustain those machines. Yep. Who actually worked with the vending machine vendor? Was it you or the, did the health department was- take care of that? Yeah, yeah. How was, that, how was that process? Was it? It went really well. I, I yeah. found this amazing company, and he took my idea and rolled with it. And the machines are amazing. I think they're beautiful machines. They've customized it to have Missouri Highlands on there. Some of our yeah. graphics and things like that, and the machines are really nice. Now, I did go toward the higher end on those machines because they were going to be the first in the state. So I, I yeah. wanted to make an impact. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, actually. Not wanting just it could contribute to the stigma if you just I mean, take what you can get. But yeah, if you had some like beat down right. machine, you know, it just kind of contributes to stigma that we don't necessarily need. Is it as simple as like someone goes up and are they, you know, like with regular vending machines, you're like F6 if you want that bag of chips or something? Yeah, so they it's a, like I said, it really is easy as getting a bag of chips. In yeah. the health department, we have the vouchers hanging on the wall. And I went with the voucher system because I didn't want kids to run up to the machine, be able to hit buttons and get a bin. So to keep it totally free for the public and, and safe, we went with a voucher system. So you get X amount of vouchers when you order the machine. They're reusable. So when they run out, all the health department has to do is pop open the door, take the vouchers out and put them back. Gotcha. Okay. And then where, where are those those vouchers when they're not in the machine? They hang on the them? wall right next to the machine. Mm-hmm. And then next to that, of course, is naloxone dosing education. So that's available for them. And then information on classes if they want to attend in person. The health department makes sure that there's lots of education for hep C treatment, HIV AIDS testing and treatment. The Butler County Health Department has an HIV AIDS program that they're working on to pay for PrEP. We also have a, a similar program with Missouri Highland, so there's access to that. I'm working on getting some sex worker information as well, just so that that's there. I noticed it was an area that we really hadn't covered with harm reduction in the, the health department outwardly. I know it's something that they provide private screenings for to maybe educate the community that there is that. and just you know, never use alone. We promote that. We Mm -hmm. disseminate those cards into the community. We have an amazing provider who talks to his patients about that as well. And, you know, safer ways to use if you're going to use. So a lot of that harm reduction education, we make sure that the community has access to as well. Gotcha. That's awesome. How do folks in the community know about the machine's existence? Where do they hear about it? Yeah, we've done some extensive just radio advertising. We've had live on locations with the radio station. We've worked with our Chamber of Commerce. We host lots of community events where we provide that education, the locations of the machines as well. So they are inside. And with that, they're subject to the hours of the building. I have one that is going to go into a 24-hour crisis stabilization facility, but that will also be inside. But yes, if they plan on putting one outside, it would need to be climate controlled, and that's a consideration that would need to be made. Mm -hmm. And um, back to the cost thing, did you say 
with the the one time cost, it came with does it come with like annual maintenance for the lifetime of the machine or something like that? Yes. So maintenance is included with the lifetime of the machine. Okay. Are you comfortable sharing the the cost that you ended up paying? So for one machine, and this is the largest machine, including graphics and vouchers, it's $12,915. And there are some other things in there with that cost, the factory freight with the lift gate. If it's delivered to an organization that has its own lift gate, Mm -hmm. then that would be $1,500 taken off of that cost. So if saving a life could be free and as easy as getting a bag of chips, would we do it? I think all of our listeners would respond with a resounding yes after hearing about the efficiency and efficacy of Missouri Highlands Machine coming up on its one-year anniversary this spring. We appreciate Lisa making the time for this discussion and appreciate you for tuning in. For more information, please visit the Arcor Podcast Content Hub on the Arcor TA portal. Take good care and we'll see you next time.